0: We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 on your dial, of course, and also on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we have uh, quite a nice program lined up for you this evening. We're going to pay tribute a little later on to my dear friend, and I think one of the foremost alto saxophone players in the world, Charles McPherson. Charles celebrates his 78th birthday today, and he was born in Joplin, Missouri, and raised in Detroit. He was born in 1939. Charles is 78, and he looks um, forever youthful, handsome, and uh, he's playing all over the uh, the continent, all over Europe. Um, he is very active um, and, of course, uh, continues to be, I think, one of the foremost purveyors of the alto saxophone. So we're going to uh, pay a birthday tribute to Charles MacPherson a little later on in the show play some choice material by Charles, including um, a track or two from an album that he recorded with uh, resident musicians at uh, Corey Weed's Cellar uh, many years ago. They did an album, and um, I had the pleasure of writing the notes for the album as well, and uh, we're going to hear that and some other things that I planned. So that's... uh, down the road our jazz feature of course is right up front and it's a wonderful album it's one of those understated classics it was uh recorded in los angeles in february of 1956 and the album was called grand encounter two degrees east three degrees west which is um, the title of uh, the only original composition on on the date, written by pianist John Lewis. And John was the nominal leader of this recording session. John, of course, had uh, risen to prominence as the musical director of one of the longest jazz groups in existence, the Modern Jazz Quartet. And... John brought along the bassist with the modern jazz quartet, the perennial and wonderful eldest of all the Heath brothers, Percy Heath. So that constituted Two Degrees East, because John Lewis and Percy Heath were based in New York City. The other three musicians, Three Degrees West, were all based, at the time, in Los Angeles. And up front, on tenor saxophone, was one of the foremost young saxophone players, influenced by the great Lester Young. He was a beautifully melodic and gentle player with a wonderful sound back in those days. And I'm talking about Bill Perkins. On guitar was someone who was very much like John Lewis at the piano. John Lewis never wasted any notes. He, he played always played very elegantly and um, was just always a, musically a class act. Jim Hall on guitar is exactly the same as John Lewis. And of course, both of them uh, expressed their music with that deep, um, natural swing and blues tonality that comes with the greatest of all jazz musicians. So we have one more to go, and that's drummer Chico Hamilton. And Chico, of course, was leading his own band at the time, the Chico Hamilton Quintet, which became one of the most um, popular groups in, in jazz music. Jim Hall was a part of the original Chico Hamilton Quintet. Chico, of course, was one of the most Tasteful drummers, and he was a master of the brushes and a um, very, very subtle drummer. Chico had worked with uh, not only his own band but uh, like pe- with people like Jerry Mulligan and Chet Baker and all kinds of people on the West Coast. One of the great drummers in jazz. So he's um, the part of the Three Degrees West idea. So all of these musicians were put together, um, and John Lewis wrote the title track, which was a, is a 12-bar blues, called Two Degrees East, Three Degrees West. It's a beautiful tune. I love that tune. I love to play that tune as well. And uh, that is the only original composition on this, uh, on this record. The rest were well-chosen standard tunes some of which were uh, frequently played and some were a little more infrequently heard. We open with um, a great tune by Gus Kahn and Walter Donaldson called Love Me or Leave Me with the full group. Then we go to a feature for John Lewis, the second tune on the date, and he's going to do for you the great tune by Vernon Duke and George Gershwin, called, I Can't Get Started With You, and that features John on piano. The next tune features Bill Perkins on tenor saxophone, and he's going to do a wonderful tune by Robin and Ranger called Easy Living, a tune that was made famous by Billie Holiday. Then we go to the original composition by John Lewis, Two Degrees East, Three Degrees West. Following that is a gorgeous rendition of a Hoagie Carmichael tune. I think one of my favorite melodies by Hoagie Carmichael and played by Jim Hall and uh, the members of uh, the rhythm section, John Lewis, Percy Heath, and Chico Hamilton. He's going to do for you Skylark. And the final tune is a learner and low composition, I think the longest track on the album. Closes things off with a tune called Almost Like Being in Love. So this album kind of reflects um, John Lewis's uh, taste, restraint, and class. It's a -a one-of-a-kind album. It's a a beautifully relaxed date and perfect for a lovely summer evening uh, as we're experiencing right now. The music on here is um, pure jazz, but it's also easy listening. And I must say just one more thing about John Lewis's piano playing. I used to, when I was a younger man, I, I used to reject his piano. Well, not reject it, but uh, he was never my favorite piano player. Uh, I always thought of his, his piano playing as being kind of tinkly, um, emotionless, um, and uh, just kind of dry. And, of course, being young and not knowing (laughs) too much, um, I should have known better. I become one of John Lewis's biggest fans as I uh, get on in years because of his deep swing, his knowledge of the blues, and the fact that he doesn't waste a note. Everything he plays is so beautifully melodic and done with that wonderful classical touch that he has on the piano and um, he's become one of my one of my favorite pianists and he's also uh, a wonderful accompanist as well so I just wanted to (laughs) tell you about that anyway we're going to get to the music right away I've talked enough and uh, we're going to begin with this wonderful album once again the personnel two degrees east the leader Nominal leader, John Lewis at the piano, and Percy Heath on bass. Those are the two degrees east. The three degrees west, Bill Perkins on tenor saxophone, Jim Hall on guitar, and Chico Hamilton on drums. And we begin with Love Me or Leave Me. Our jazz feature this evening, a wonderful album entitled Grand Encounter, two degrees east, three degrees west. And uh, as I mentioned, the symbolism for that was um, John Lewis, the nominal leader on piano, and Percy Heath on bass. Both of them were based in New York City, so those were two degrees east. And three degrees west, tenor saxophonist Bill Perkins with his hauntingly beautiful sound and his um, almost languid uh, concept. Just beautiful playing all around. And, of course, Jim Hall on guitar, the other L.A.-based musician. And, of course, um, musician number three, also from Los Angeles, Chico Hamilton on drums. So that was Three Degrees West. So the tunes that we heard, mostly all standard tunes, except for the um, composition by John Lewis, the title track, Two Degrees East, Three Degrees West, which was written especially for this uh, recording date, which took place in Los Angeles, February 19th, 1956, or February 10th, 1956, and we the first tune we heard was uh, Gus Kahn, Walter Donaldson original composition called Love Me or Leave Me, a standard tune, and then we heard uh, John Lewis's feature, just backed by Percy Heath and Chico Hamilton, and he played I Can't Get Started with You, the great tune by Vernon Duke and George Gershwin. Then Bill Perkins, tenor saxophonist Perkins, was uh, featured on the great Robin and Ranger tune called Easy Livin', and that was a tune that um, musicians fell in love with after Billie Holiday did a, a, a gorgeous version of that tune back in the 40s. Then we moved to the title track with the full band, doing Two Degrees East, Three Degrees West, John Lewis. And then the ballad by Hoagie Carmichael and Johnny Mercer, one of my favorites, Skylark, played by Jim Hall, accompanied by Lewis, Heath, and Hamilton. And finally, the full band for the last tune. And we had a little taste of uh, Chico Hamilton's incredible brushwork and uh, always creative drumming on the exchanges on that tune. And uh, the longest track on the album, uh, Learner and Lowe's Almost Like Being in Love. So this was a quiet classic. This album is loved by many, many people. And it was originally issued on the uh, Pacific Jazz label and produced by the redoubtable Richard Bach. And the title, once again, Grand Encounter, Two Degrees East, Three Degrees West. And the nominal leader of this recording date was John Lewis, our jazz feature this evening. We hope you enjoyed it. Beautiful music for a a beautiful summer night, as we're having right now. And you are listening to the... You're listening... (laughs) Wow, I cut myself off there. You're uh, listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, live streaming, www.citr.ca My name is Gavin Walker and we'll be right back after these uh, important messages with a tribute to my good friend who's celebrating his 78th birthday today, the great alto saxophonist Charles McPherson. And we'll be listening to some of his wonderful music in a very few moments. Be right back. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem.
1: Mass evictions. Mass rent evictions.
0: Unfair rent increases.
1: What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca.
0: Hello, hello, hello. This is Russian Tim and I'm here to tell
1: you about Rocket From Russia Fest, which is happening in Vancouver on July 21st and 22nd at the Media Club. This fest is a celebration of local punk rock scene and it will feature 12 great bands. Isotopes, Ubic Idiot, The Core, Contra Code, ATD, Elsmere, Anthems, Shockload, The Dead Hits, Scales, Ant Eater and my band called Russian Tim and Pavel Boris. Two-day pass costs you $20 and is available for purchase at myshowpass.com slash rocketfromrussia. Fest and single ticket is $15. Rocket from Russia Fest July 21st, 22nd at the Media Club.
0: Well, I guess if you weren't there, <laughs> this is what you missed. Uh, that's one of those ads that's uh, dated, and, of course, it uh, it already happened because today is uh, July 24th, so there you go. Anyway, that's what you missed.
1: You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkaminem-speaking Musqueam people.
0: Our next jazz feature is a tribute to a very good friend of mine and a person who I think is one of the foremost exponents of the alto saxophone. He's 78 years old today, looks every bit as youthful as he did 20 years ago, is uh, playing all over the world, is still very, very active, and um, he teaches, he um, tours, he travels, and uh, he just recently played at a big tribute in San Francisco um, to the uh, legendary jazz club down there, the Keystone Corner, and there were so many musicians uh, on there. But uh, Charles McPherson was a big part of that, and he was, uh, he was so welcomed because uh, he had been heard in not only with his own groups, but uh, uh, with Charles Mingus going back to the 60s. And that's when I first met uh, Charles as a young man. When he came to Vancouver to play at the original cellar with the volatile and wonderfully creative Mr. Charles Mingus. And uh, the band that played at the original cellar consisted of, uh, uh, of course, Mr. Mingus on bass and Danny Richmond, Mingus's right-hand man on drums, and two young men who I had never heard of before, um, Lonnie Hillier, the late great, wonderful trumpeter who we're going to hear in a very few moments and Charles McPherson and uh, um, I became friends with everybody in the band. I'd never met uh, Mingus before and uh, everybody became friends with everybody else and uh, these two young men were um, really learning the ropes and of course uh, Mingus was uh, uh, was a hard taskmaster but uh, they worked with Mingus. Mingus was very proud of these young musicians, and all the years that they worked with uh, Charles Mingus, um, they never had a conflict And uh, with Mr. Mingus. Mr. Mingus could be pretty deadly with some musicians, but with Charles and Lonnie, he loved them, uh, realized uh, how great uh, their potential was and where they were coming from musically, and um, that's it. So Charles Lonnie, of course, passed on in 1985, died of cancer, and uh, sad to say, just a fine, underrated trumpet player. But Charles McPherson is still with us and celebrated today his 78th birthday. He was born in Joplin, Missouri, and raised in the fertile musical city of Detroit, Michigan. That's where he learned everything from because uh, there were so many great musicians and such a great jazz scene there and Charles absorbed um, all the musical knowledge from that city before venturing to New York City and jumping right into Charles Mingus's band. The interesting thing about Charles is that he is uh, his favorite musician is Charlie Parker. And he really, his his musical lineage goes right back to Bird. We've had some incredible conversations. When we talk on the phone, we usually end up talking for an hour, couple of hours. And the conversation always turns to Charlie Parker and uh, some new discovery that, that he made about Charlie's music and uh, something that maybe I could relate to. And I've given him some Uh, recordings um, as well. We've exchanged a lot of knowledge about Charlie Parker and I don't think anybody knows more about Charlie Parker than Charles McPherson. Now he took Charlie Parker's solo or Charlie Parker's concept and brought out the lyrical side of Charlie Parker Lots of musicians brought out different aspects of, of Charlie Parker's playing. Jackie McLean, for instance, um, really brought out the, the raw, bluesy uh, style of Charlie Parker. Phil Woods brought out the virtuosity of of Charlie Parker. But Charles McPherson brought out the the beautiful sound that Byrd made on the alto saxophone and Byrd's lyricism. And... Um, built that into his own individual style. One of the most impressive performances I ever heard from Charles was, um, and he did play beautifully in Vancouver, but uh, when I went to the uh, Monterey Jazz Festival in 1964 and heard Charles Mingus's performance there, and uh remet everybody in the band and and uh did quite a bit of hanging out and it was a lot of fun. Hearing Charles perform on this piece of music for me stole the show. This was the most beautiful um bit of soloing I think on the whole concert and it was this concert was one of Mingus's triumphs it was written up in time magazine and and uh, fortunately there was a recording made of this uh, event so we're going to hear the charles mingus jazz workshop it's a quintet and it features lonnie hillier on trumpet charles mcpherson who as i said steals the show on this piece of music jackie byard on piano charles mingus on bass And Danny Richmond on drums, and we're going to hear the performance of Orange Was a Color of Her Dress, then Blue Silk, written by Charles Mingus. Charles Mingus, recorded September 20th, 1964, at the Monterey Jazz Festival, with Lonnie Hillier on trumpet, and the gentlemen were paying tribute to Charles McPherson, who really stole the show on this piece of music, and Jackie Byard on piano, Charles Mingus, of course, on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums and even though the recording was um not um, particularly uh high level of uh sonic recording it was just it was done just from a, a tape recorder off the uh, off the PA system but we have a document of this incredible concert which was of course uh subject of a time magazine ar- article and it was considered one of Mingus's great musical triumphs, and uh, this piece of music was called Orange Was the Color of Her Dress, Then Blue Silk. And, of course, that was the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop. And, of course, being there, um, sitting out in the audience on uh, a really hot, steamy day, it was an afternoon concert as well. And uh, I just remember just being so blown away by um, Charles McPherson's playing, um he had he had grown so much as a musician, um, because I hadn't heard him since um he came to Vancouver with uh with Mingus's band to play at the uh at the original cellar. And uh I knew uh, of course Mingus really uh, appreciated both of these young men, uh Lonnie Hillier, the trumpeter, and Charles McPherson and, and Mingus was always proud he would he would all, always introduce Charles McPherson as the altoist of tomorrow <laughs> in in his uh, uh stentorian tones and of course uh, you knew he meant business Charles McPherson this concert not too long after that Charles uh had re- um, I remember he told me at uh at the Monterey Festival, that he had just signed a contract with Prestige Records and was going to be recording for them uh, very soon. And that very soon was November of 1964. Um, Charles made his first album for Prestige Records, and uh, it was an album called Bebop Revisited. And it featured, of course, uh, Charles' other mentor, pianist Barry Harris, and uh, the other people involved here, Carmel Jones, who had just moved to New York from the West Coast, wonderful, underrated trumpeter, and um, someone who was around in the in the 40s uh, on bass, played with Dizzy Gillespie's band and, 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 different, and Charlie Parker and different other people, Nelson Boyd on bass, and on drums, Albert Heath. So we heard, um, we're going to hear some music from this uh, very first album that Charles recorded for Prestige Records. And we're going to begin with a piece of music is actually called Passport. There are two versions of this tune with two different melody lines written by Charlie Parker, both called Passport. This is the rare version. And uh, even at the time, Charles didn't know um, he... He had the album, or he had a recording of it, but he didn't have the title. So he called it Variations on a Blues by Bird. But the original um, uh, published title of this tune is Passport. So we're going to hear that, and uh, we're going to hear the ballad, um, one of Charles's favorites. And Mingus used to feature him all the time on this tune, Char- uh, um, George Gershwin's great tune, Embraceable You and then we'll follow it up with one other tune from this uh, wonderful date. Charles McPherson on alto saxophone, Carmel Jones on trumpet, Barry Harris on piano, Nelson Boyd on bass, Albert Heath Tootie on drums, and we begin with Variations on a Blues by Bird, a.k.a. Passport.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: We're featuring the music of the great Charles McPherson, who was born today in 1939 in Joplin, Missouri, and raised in that fertile jazz ground of Detroit, Michigan. His family moved there when he was uh, just a babe. And uh, Charles, of course, one of the leading and greatest voices of the modern-day alto saxophone. This was, um, we heard three tunes from his very first album under his own name for Prestige Records. He uh, signed a long-term contract with that label and was produced by the, um, the great uh, impresario Don Schlitten, who, who uh, uh, worked for so many labels and produced some great, great jazz recordings that uh, are listened to by everyone. This date featured uh, Charles on alto saxophone, of course, and the wonderful trumpet player who had just arrived in New York City uh, and became part of Horace Silver's quintet, um, he was uh, based in previously in Los Angeles and moved to New York. Carmel Jones, Carmel Jones on trumpet, and one of Charles's uh, teachers from Detroit and mentors, the great Barry Harris on piano, or as Charles calls him, Uncle Barry. And Barry Harris is still very much a part of the uh, New York scene. He still teaches and and performs as well. On bass, um, a gentleman, a little more obscure gentleman, who played with Dizzy Gillespie's uh, big band and played with Charlie Parker and so many different people, a wonderful bass player by the name of Nelson Boyd. And on drums, 2D Heath, Albert Heath on drums. We heard three tunes from this uh, recording called Bebop Revisited. And uh, the first tune was actually Variations on a Blues by Bird. And the actual title of that tune is Passport. Uh, however, Charlie Parker recorded two um, compositions called Passport, and they were both very different melodies. And this was the more obscure one. And it uh, was given this title, Variations on a Blues by Bird. So this is Passport, the rare version. Then we moved to uh, um, a beautiful ballad by George Gershwin, of course, and one of the uh, specialties of uh, Charles Macpherson. And when he was working with Charles Mingus, Uh, he would always be featured on this tune. And, of course, he played beautifully on Embraceable You. The final tune was one of the anthems of modern jazz written by Tad Dameron. The tune, of course, Hot House, the final tune that we heard. So three tunes from this uh, wonderful album recorded November twentieth, 1964, for Prestige Records, Bebop Revisited. We're going to move... Um, before we do that, we have a couple of uh, brief announcements for you, and we'll be right back. I'd just like to let you know that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, we're also uh, live streaming on the web, which is uh, www.citr.ca. And we'll be right back.
1: What if, this summer, you did something different? What if you worked with people you admired in a city that inspired you, making something that you were proud of? The Media Institute for Social Change is looking for students like you to be a part of their summer documentary program in Portland, Oregon. As a student, you'll create original audio and video pieces about issues that you care about. You'll meet and learn from media professionals whose work is aimed at social justice. You'll immerse yourself in Portland, a city that will serve as your hands-on media-making laboratory. Sound like your type of summer? Apply today at MediaMakingChange.org. ITR and Timber Concerts present Waxahachi with guests Kayetana and Snail Mail, Tuesday, July 25th at the Imperial Vancouver. The you at your own game. It's Doors are at 8 and this event is 19 plus only. You can buy tickets now at both Red Cat Records locations, Zulu Records, and online at TimberConcerts.com.
0: We're going to move now to Corey Weed's Cellar and um, 2002. And we're going to hear Charles McPherson play with some resident musicians. Uh, all of this was recorded um, in July, a very warm night in July, in 2002. And uh, Charles was the guest of. Of honor at uh, Corey Weed's cellar playing to full houses with the wonderful and late great Ross Taggart on piano and he loved Ross's playing believe me he loved everybody in the band he he was just so pleased to work with these uh, incredibly accomplished uh, resident musicians so we hear Ross Taggart on piano Jody Prosnick on bass and my Old buddy, one of my close friends, Blaine Woodchard on drums. And this whole uh, rhythm section was very inspiring to Charles, and he thoroughly enjoyed himself. Uh, and this became uh, a very, very good seller for um, the seller live label and it was the first uh, recording really by an international star for uh, this, at the time, fledgling um, label. Now, it's grown to uh, enormous size, and uh, this album uh, calls simply uh, Charles McPherson Live at the Cellar. We're going to hear two tunes from this album. Uh, The first one is Charles' own composition called Manhattan Nocturne, and the second tune is a great standard that was actually introduced um, to the jazz world by Charlie Parker. And the tune is called Star Eyes. So here then, Charles McPherson on alto saxophone, Ross Taggart on piano, Jody Prosnick on bass, and Blaine Wichard on drums. <laughs> Recorded live at the cellar, Corey Weed's cellar out on West Broadway, back in 2002. And that's from an album called Charles MacPherson Live at the Cellar, with this incredible rhythm section made up of folks that live here, and uh, one of them, of course, has sadly passed on. I'm talking about Ross Taggart on piano, who just played so marvelously on this session, Jody Prosnick on bass, and Blaine Wickyard on drums. And we heard two tunes from this, uh, our final segment. Uh, we're paying tribute, of course, and we have for the last uh, over an hour or so uh, pay tribute to the great alto saxophonist, master alto saxophonist Charles MacPherson, who today is 78 years old, still performing, teaching playing all over the world and uh, making marvelous music and is still one of the finest voices of the alto saxophone. So we heard uh, two tunes from this uh, seller set. The first tune was called Manhattan Nocturne, written by Charles MacPherson. And the second tune was a standard tune that Charlie Parker brought into the jazz world, a tune written by Ray and DePaul. The tune... Star Eyes. Charles McPherson. Oh, yes. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course we're also uh, on your computer, www.citr.ca. And speaking of computers, there's also a couple of great websites to uh, go on to. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, and that's the people that bring you the big jazz festival every year. They have events happening. There's a big concert coming up in the fall with the band Hudson, uh, and that's going to be at the Chan Center. There's information on that concert. And, of course, there's uh, all the schedule of one of the leading jazz clubs in Vancouver, Frankie's. Frankie's Jazz Club down on Beattie Street, right across the street from B.C. Place. And, of course, it's always packed out. There's great music there. Uh, Corey Weeds, who formerly ran the cellar, is uh, programming the music at Frankie's. And you can access all the information by going on to the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's CoastalJazz.ca. And you can browse around the site, Um, you can make reservations, you can buy tickets, you can do all of that kind of stuff right from the comfort of home and uh, sitting behind your computer screen. Another fine website which will give you an insight into uh, the jazz scene in Vancouver is vancouverjazz.com and that's a a site put together by my old friend Brian Nation. So that's a, a fine website as well vancouverjazz.com and coastaljazz.ca. You know, during the Jazz Festival, um, one of the great concerts of this past summer was um, the Buster Williams Quartet. That was just a superb concert, and it featured Steve Wilson on um, alto and soprano saxophone, um, George Colligan on... unbelievably talented piano player who's been to Vancouver many times, and the legendary Lenny White on drums, and of course Buster Williams on bass, one of the all-time greatest bass players, and I thought that was just a, a marvelous uh, concert of, of uh, not only challenging music, but music that really communicated, and and um, the the gentleman that Played the music, really made an effort to um, present it in such a distinguished way to uh, the audience, and um, that's what jazz is all about: is communication. So, interestingly enough, after the concert, I was uh, had a long chat with a, f- uh, a very good friend of mine outside um, the venue, which was of course Piatt Hall. And it was a beautiful summer evening, so um, I was chatting with this friend. And, and of course, it wasn't long. um, We had been talking quite a bit, and it wasn't long before uh, Buster uh, and Lenny White emerged uh, to get into the van to go back to their hotel. And, uh, of course, I had a a few seconds to chat with Buster. And I, I asked him, I said, you know, something that I was expecting to hear this evening, and I didn't, and he he kind of looked at me. He says, "Yes," and I said, "You didn't play the hump." And of course, he just cracked up and and, and said, "Well, <laughs> I didn't bring my electric bass." And I said, "No, but I said you could have done it with your with a, with the uh, acoustic bass." And uh, he said, "Yeah," he said, "That's a that's a neat tune." He says, "You remember that?" And I said, oh, "Well, I certainly do." And this, what I was referring to is the piece of music that we're going to hear next. And it was recorded in August of 1975, and it was one of the very first albums that Buster Williams recorded under his own name. And of course, by that time, he had become one of the major bass players. He'd worked with Herbie Hancock and all kinds of other people. And um, he was playing with Herbie. Of course, he was playing both acoustic bass bass violin and he was playing electric bass as well so he plays electric bass on this piece of music this is his own composition and it's from an album that came out on muse records called pinnacle and it featured buster williams on electric bass along with the late earl turbinton on bass clarinet Sonny fortune one of the great saxophone players who was still with us on soprano saxophone, Onajay Allen Gums on electric piano, Billy Hart on drums, and my old friend Gilhermy Franco on percussion. Here, ladies and gentlemen, from the album Pinnacle, is Buster Williams' The Hump. Yeah, and that one's called The Hump. That was written by Buster Williams and created by him. And, of course, he played the electric bass on that tune. And that's from Buster's, um, his first album, actually, under his own name, which came out on Muse Records. The album was called Pinnacle, and it featured Buster Williams on electric bass with uh, Earl Turbinton, the late Earl Earl Turbinton on bass clarinet, Sonny Fortune on soprano saxophone, Onaji Allen Gums on electric piano, Billy Hart on drums, and Gil Gilherme Franco on percussion. The Hump. All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we have uh, a word about something that we're all interested in. Being that most of us are uh, Vancouverites, uh, one of the things that uh, does dominate our conversation um, any time of the year is the weather. So tonight, uh, there's a few clouds with a low of 16, very comfortable. And then all week, sunshine and temperatures between 16 and 17 uh, in the evening and going up to Uh, the mid-20s, 25, 26, uh, during the daytime. And that's every day, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, unending sunshine in Vancouver. So we can uh, all um, enjoy ourselves and uh, put the sunscreen on, and especially those of you that are on holidays, all that kind of stuff, perfect weather, and uh, there you go. Vancouver, in the sunshine. Mm -hmm. And we shall return momentarily.
1: UBC's Museum of Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily, at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take-home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hongkameenam-speaking Musqueam people.
0: One of the really delightful albums over the years is one called the Oscar Peterson Trio, Plus One. And the Plus One is the irrepressible trumpeter and, as we'll hear, um, vocalist, Clark Terry. And Oscar Peterson's trio, of course, at the time, uh, the great Canadian pianist, was uh, Ray Brown on bass and Ed Thigpen on drums. And Clark Terry plays the trumpet. And... We're going to hear a tune, first of all, called The Brotherhood of Man, written by Frank Lesser. And then we're going to hear an Oscar Peter, or a couple of Oscar Peterson originals, um, Blues for Smedley and Roundelay, both compositions by uh, Oscar Peterson. And we're going to end this set with uh, something that they just put together in the studio, and it became a big hit with uh, Clark Terry, and of course it was became part of his uh, part of his act because uh, once people heard this they 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 wanted to uh, they wanted him to do this all the time. so when he went out on a, on his own and did his own gigs and this sort of thing, people always wanted to hear mumbles and what it is is kind of a satirical um, a satirical put on. Um, of some of the older blues singers and and we've all heard uh um some of these old gentlemen and and of course <laughs> they, they they do have a tendency sometimes to mumble the lyrics or mumble words and 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 they're pretty hard to decipher and so what Clark Terry did was re, was kind of satirize that whole thing in a very nice way and um that became a big hit for him. The tune is called Mumbles. So that's going to finish off the set. So we begin with The Brotherhood of Man, then we go to Blues for Smedley, Roundelay, and we end with Mumbles. Clark Terry with the Oscar Peterson Trio. (laughs) ¶¶
1: Thank you. Do bang 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 bang
0: We heard a bunch of tunes from this album called the Oscar Peterson Trio Plus One. And the plus one was the redoubtable Clark Terry on trumpet. And what an addition to uh, the quartet or the trio. Recorded in New York in uh, August of 1964, we opened with uh, Frank Lesser's The Brotherhood of Man, and then we move to a a blues written by Oscar Peterson called Blues for Smedley. And then another tune called Roundelay, written by Oscar Peterson, and then finally Clark Terry's little satirical um vocal. Uh sort of a mixture of uh scat singing and, and uh and whatever. Um, <laughs> just they decided to record it, and it became a big hit, and and part of Clark Terry's uh, um, act. Um, he was always requested to do this uh, when he went out and did gigs on his own, and of course he he called it mumbles, and it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a satire on uh, on some of the blues singers that he that he heard over the years. So it's a mixture of that and 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 scat. So there you go. Uh, Oscar Peterson, Clark Terry, with Ray Brown on bass, and Ed Thigpen on drums. And two great musicians, Oscar Peterson and Clark Terry. All of them are great, actually. We're going to give you another fine musician who was born in Scarborough, Ontario. He uh, lives in New York City and uh, he's one of the finer exponents of the tenor saxophone. He's respected by all the heavies in in New York City. His name is Grant Stewart, and he has uh, performed here in Vancouver. Uh, Always a welcome guest, but he can really play. And uh, he likes to perform with a trio, and this same band was uh, a band that recently uh, performed at uh, Frankie's here in in Vancouver. So we're going to listen to uh, Grant on tenor saxophone, Paul Sikovey on acoustic bass, and Grant's brother, Phil Stewart, on drums. And we're going to hear two tunes from this album, uh, which came out on the Cellar Live label, and the album is called Roll On. And the first tune we're going to hear is this trio arrangement of one of the most... uh, um, complex of all Bud Powell compositions called In Poco Loco and then we're going to move uh, from that to uh, a great uh, standard tune by uh, E.C. Redding called The End of a Love Affair so here then is the fabulous tenor saxophone of Grant Stewart
2: Uh-huh. Thank you. guitar solo
0: That was the tenor saxophone, magnificent tenor saxophone of Grant Stewart, and that's from an album called Roll On, and that was uh, a very recent album on the Cellar Live series. Grant is originally from Scarborough, Ontario. He's Canadian, lives in New York, and of course is uh, admired by just about everybody, all the uh, Jazz heavies in uh, New York all know about Grant Stewart, and uh, he's a marvelous player, and uh, these days he's preferring to work with a trio, which is really a a stripped-down jazz group, Bare Necessities, and he has a great bass player with him, Paul Sicoby on acoustic bass, and his brother, Phil Stewart, on drums, and we heard two tunes from this album, First one was um, Grant's arrangement of this uh, very complex Bud Powell composition called Un Poco Loco, and the second tune, written by E.C. Redding, a beautiful thing called The End of a Love Affair, and uh, Grant showing his uh, appreciation and uh, how he has absorbed that Sonny Rollins influence in his playing. He play has a great sound on, uh, t- on tenor saxophone. And uh, He'll be back here, um, very likely to play at uh, at Frankie's Jazz Club. Grant Stewart. We're going to close the show this evening with a couple of uh, pieces by a wonderful big band, and um, unfortunately, this band never got a chance to play in North America. It should have. There was supposed to be an exchange between the. Thad Jones-Mel Lewis Band, which, of course, originated in New York City. And uh, this band, led by Kenny Clark, the late, great Kenny Clark, drummer, um, pioneer of modern jazz, and Francie Boland, who um, was the pianist in the band, and the chief arranger. So it was the Clark-Boland Big Band. And, of course, it was based in Europe, and it uh, comprised of... um, American expatriate musicians and uh, musicians from Turkey, Poland, um, all over Europe, uh, Sweden, Denmark, etc., etc., um, England—truly an international uh, organization. And fortunately, they made a lot of records. And this is one of their early ones. This is actually recorded in Frankfurt. Uh, in January of 1963. I'm not going to run down the personnel in uh, the whole band, but we'll, uh, I'll let you know who the soloists are. The first piece of music is called The Long Note Blues, and of course, it's written by Francie Boland. And it features the great Sahib Shahab on flute. Billy Mitchell, uh, an American expatriate who played with Count Basie on tenor saxophone, and Idris Suleiman, another American expatriate, uh, on trumpet. And then the second tune we're going to hear is called Speedy Reads. You can imagine what that's all about. It was written by Francie Boland once again and features um, from Croatia. A wonderful tenor saxophonist named Carl Drevel. Uh, Ronnie Scott on tenor saxophone as well uh, from England. That's, uh, he has a famous jazz club uh, named for him. And uh, Billy Mitchell, um, the American expatriate on tenor saxophone. Carl Drevel, Ronnie Scott, and Billy Mitchell on Speedy Reads. That's tune number two. So two tunes by the Clark Boland Big Band. And in the rhythm section, of course, Francie Boland uh, at the piano, Jimmy Woody on bass, another American expatriate, and the great Kenny Clark on drums. So here we go with the long note blues. Well, <laughs> we're supposed to quieten things down <laughs> toward the end, but uh, not with that band. That was the Kenny Clark, Francie Boland Big Band. And, of course, uh, they uh, they were based in Europe, and the band was full of uh, uh, American expatriates and internationally known uh, musicians from all over the world. Um, of course, in the rhythm section, Francie Boland was the pianist and chief arranger and composer for the band, Jimmy Woody on bass, and the great Kenny Clark on drums, and of course, um, all the other people in, in the band. We heard two tunes. The first one was called The Long Note Blues, and it featured uh, Sahib Shahab on the flute, Billy Mitchell on tenor saxophone, and Idris Suleiman on the trumpet. And the second tune was the aptly named Speedy Reeds, and it featured Carl Drevo on uh, tenor saxophone, Ronnie Scott on tenor saxophone, and finally the great uh, Detroit born p- tenor saxophonist Billy Mitchell. The Long Note Blues and Speedy Reeds, the Kenny Clark, Francie Boland big band, recorded in Frankfurt. Um, in January of 1963. That's from an album uh, that came out on Atlantic Records called Handle with Care. All right. We'd like to thank you very much for being out there this evening and certainly hope you enjoyed uh, this edition of The Jazz Show. And we'll be back next week at uh, 9 p.m. right here on CITR and for another evening of jazz music next Monday. My name is Gavin Walker, and on behalf of The Jazz Show, on behalf of CITR-FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca, take care, enjoy the summer, enjoy the sunshine, and enjoy life in Vancouver. Because it's a great place to be at this time. And take care. Bye-bye.
2: Do ba de, ooh, do do ba, do do do